popcorn ready? It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago. It's Adam Hogue. I do think he has the support of his teammates. Why would you not be rooting for him to succeed? And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. I don't mean to psychoanalyze this stuff, but this is what we do in Chicago. This is what we do with our quarterbacks, and this is the biggest story in town. Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in Hogue and Johns with you on a Tuesday as the excitement Championship parade, it seems like, Johnsy, of the of the Bears getting Justin Fields continues. And, and I'm not ready to, like, temper the excitement. Like, I don't think we should. No, I don't think you should either. No, no, no. no. Like, you should be excited. You should be enthralled that the Bears have a new starting quarterback. He's hope personified. I mean, Justin Fields feels like a more sure thing. We're going to have this conversation later, like a more sure thing than Mitch Trubisky. Um be excited. It's okay. Like, wake up every day loving what the Chicago Bears did. Well, we got a lot of good coverage coming for you, not only today on this episode, but in the coming weeks. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna blow this things out thing out for you and uh get you as much insight on Justin Fields as we possibly can. Um, you guys asked right away, it seemed like on Thursday night, to get Nate Tice back on the podcast. Uh, if you listen to our episode a couple weeks ago, you heard Nate really talk up Justin Fields as his second favorite quarterback to only Trevor Lawrence in this draft. And so we got him back on the pod today to really go into an even deeper dive on Justin Fields and what makes him so good. So hopefully you're going to enjoy that. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. A plenty of coverage up. Johnsy, 5,000 words. I went a little overboard on this. It's a book. My- you're my ten, my ten bears things up this morning on NBCSportsChicago.com. Part of it is this is my genuinely my favorite column I write every year. Just the fallout of the draft. There's so much to learn about these guys, and um, just in particular with this one, how everything played out. Not just Thursday night, but yes, Thursday night. The whole, the whole, just the draft order playing out the way it did, but also going back months. To the quarterbacks the Bears were interested in and serious about trading for. And if any of those had happened, they're not getting Justin Fields. So just so many different things had to happen over the course of the last few months. And then especially on Thursday night, so many things had to happen that it's remarkable it ended up the way it did. It's really, it feels astronomical, the odds that the Bears were actually going to land one of the top quarterbacks in this draft. And yet it happened. And in particular, I'm going to give you a quick tease. Maybe we'll talk about this later in the week. There's one pick in the top 10. One pick that really surprised not just the Bears, but a lot of different teams around the league. And I believe is the key pick that put Justin Fields in a Bears uniform. Any GM, any coach, any owner will tell you that some of this is is always luck. <laughs> like, And they're not just saying that to, you know making some tongue in, in cheek comment like that is real you know it's it's, yeah. it's it's like a lot of this process yeah you prepare yourself for everything and anything but luck you need to have good luck and the bears are 
had been probably a bit overdue for some good luck. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I would say. Uh, well, anyway, that's all up on uh, on uh, NBCSportsChicago.com, my Twitter feed as well. Uh, 10 Bears things and no, sc- scouting notes on 11 games uh, on Justin Fields. So you can check those out. Um, also, you guys have a ton of coverage on the yeah, athletic. I, I, I got my five reading. takeaways. Um, mm-hmm. My five, not maybe about 2,000 words. Um, lots of charts, though. Lots of charts. I think it went up this morning. There was like instantaneously 25 comments in there. So I think that some of the excitement, um, people are already passionate about the plan that Matt Nagy has, right or wrong. Some people want fields to play right away. Others are preaching patience. So let the debates begin. Yeah. Um, and if you are one of those people who's very excited, we got T-shirts up, obviousshirts.com. Uh, check that out. We appreciate the support for the podcast, and uh, and you can if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the the link right there. We appreciate those of you. Our YouTube's been look at those shirts if you're watching on YouTube. Yeah, we should probably welcome more YouTube viewers. We've been going at this for years. If you're just you know discovering us on YouTube, so we That's got a, a lot of ins- yeah, we got a lot of inside jokes and whatnot. Hopefully, you become familiar with them. We'll have a lot of guests, but uh, yeah. We try to keep it fun. It's football. It has to be fun. Yeah, I, I think we are reaching some new people there on the YouTube channel. So uh, welcome. We appreciate you guys uh, jumping on here with the excitement of Justin Fields. And uh, this is a podcast, so it's available in podcast form. If you like the YouTube thing, good. Uh, if you want to also check it out on your on your phone when you're driving around, we're there for you. Many different platforms as we continue to grow, and we appreciate the support over the years, uh, especially for moments and days like the the, the last week has been, uh, which which make it a lot of fun. So we know everyone's excited, and we know everybody wants their Justin Fields analysis. So let's not delay it anymore. Nate Tice. The son of Mike Tice, former Bears offensive coordinator. Nate used to play at Wisconsin with Russell Wilson. Uh, he obviously knows. I mean, he's a quarterback. He obviously knows his stuff. Uh, really looks at these guys in depth and has some great analysis on Justin Fields as well as some of the other quarterbacks. So let's jump right in with Nate Tice. Back by popular demand, literally. We have people requesting Nate Tice after the Bears draft Justin Fields because, of course, he was on the podcast a couple weeks ago talking about how much he loved Justin Fields. And I don't know, Nate, if you thought. We certainly did not feel like uh, he was going to end up a Chicago Bear when it was all said and done. But, boy, a lot of people in this town are excited. And I think they should be. Uh, uh, I know. that. What are the odds of that? Came on. And that was actually like part of the like the initial discussion, too. It was like, oh, I don't know about Wilson and Fields. I was like, oh, yeah. Got to go on a rant about it. Not thinking it would actually matter. Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, enjoy maybe Mac Jones that you guys might get or something like that. In the back of my mind, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. But it was, I mean, I'm r- real happy for Chicago because I, I, I do think he's can be that guy that, uh, you know, true, true, true face, face of the franchise type. Um, I know when I was on the last time I got a, someone tagged me, one of your listeners about how I was, uh, a lot of hyperbole cause I only watched four games of Justin Fields. And I, I want to assure that person it was four regular season games of film plus, you know, the playoff games plus 2019 film. <laughs> it was, it wasn't just, you know, I, I just watch a couple games on TV and then say these things. So, uh, I hope I, 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 I value my reputation a little more than watching a couple of YouTube games, <laughs> but honestly watching Justin Fields on film, is like, that's all you need to see. Cause, 
uh, I'm excited for Chicago because I think he could be that player. So you're in Chicago for this, yeah. ironically, as, as, as well. Um, you're, doing your, you're doing a live show with, with Robert Mays. And, and what are you thinking um, for someone who likes Fields so much? Like, What were you thinking at those moments when all these teams start passing him? And it looks like he's going to be in the outside of the top 10. Yeah, I... I think it's a little bit of teams outsmarting themselves um, a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm actually when we were talking, we afterwards here, I go who won and who lost the draft, all that fun stuff. Like, even though I liked, you know, Patrick Sertan for the Broncos. And even though I liked what the, uh, the lines did and, and the fact that how they're building their team inside out, I'm like, they're still kind of losers because they passed on Justin Fields. <laughs> uh, because I, I honestly, honestly, that's a, Really, it might turn out to be that way, even if those players turn out to be good players. But who knows with the Broncos and the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. But, you know, with Fields, it was I, I think it's just some teams just outsmarting themselves, like just kind of like, you know, trying to find nitpicky. Oh, his release is too long. Is this, this and that. So but honestly, when that trade happened, it was just too funny because I was like mid sentence with Robert and his face just went white. <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, OK, something happened behind me. And then he was like. Bears traded up and then it's like one of those moments you forget your recording so it was kind of like i was like oh oh they're like you know it's just like and all of a sudden we both had to like snap back in oh, oh yeah we're doing a live show right now <laughs> with a stream going on but i i'm uh i i can't believe it and i actually thought the trade yeah they gave up a first but really that's not too bad when you consider what everybody else is giving up you know especially with san fran gave up to go to, to number three um the stafford trade you know this isn't too bad, uh, you know, one first. And honestly, it gets you out of purgatory or at least gives you a path to get out of purgatory. And uh, I mean, that's just those are franchise changers. And and again, this is all projection. And it's still a prospect. We have no idea how he fits and everything. But I just think he's one of those types of guys that no matter what offense you run around him, uh, I think he could be a good one. Like, I think he can truly excel uh, in an, any type of offense. And I'm sure we'll get more into that in a sec. Yeah, I, look, let, let's uh, because for, for those that maybe missed your episode a couple weeks ago, I want to make sure we still go over the things that you yeah. like about his his game. Uh, if if you did miss that, of course, we encourage you to go back and listen to it because it's still good. I, it, Nate, I appreciated what you said. That I I took what you said a couple weeks ago. I put it in my column today that that I wrote uh, with some of the things you just liked about him because it's I mean they're very relevant. And I spent most of yesterday going back and rewatching a lot of Justin Fields' games from from the last two years. And and I'll give you um, one thing that I realized I was wrong on, and then a couple things that were confirmed watching. So the one thing that I was definitely wrong on is I I kind of I think I was comparing him a little bit to my guy Zach Wilson, right? Um, in in terms of the improvising and the off-platform stuff. And I was not giving Justin Fields enough credit for that. I, I wrote in my pre-draft notes that he's a pocket pocket passer who happens to be mobile, which I still believe that that's the truth. But I said he's he's better in the structure of the offense and not as good at improvising. That's wrong. That is absolutely wrong. When you go back and watch it, he does plenty of stuff improvising. Um, I will say there are a couple times where he, he needs to realize that the play's over. You know, you're, you're trying to do a little bit too much, throwing the ball up up for grabs against Indiana was one example, fumbling a couple times when you're refusing to go down, just take the sack. Um, but I was definitely wrong with that. So let's just start with that and your reaction. Yeah, it. I, I've kind of like tried to keep saying with it too, is that he's a quarterback. He's not an athlete 
playing quarterback. He's an, he does all the quarterback things, like staying in the pocket and, and keeping his eyes downfield. That, but it's a great point. Is sometimes he tries to do too much. He has that Deshaun Watson problem when Deshaun came into the league and, and it was taking all those sacks. Some of that was, you know, what Bill O'Brien was giving them, and some of that was the O line. But still, it was that, you know, you love the aggression, and that's one of the things that's so hard to teach into a quarterback is toughness and aggression. Stay keeping your eyes downfield, staying strong in the pocket, delivering throws late on in the down, like down the field, and like so many times, the 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 eyes thing was always, or he takes too long, he stares down his receivers. That's just the offense he played in. Um, they they run nine eighty nine concepts, which is two verticals and a inside inside read route. They run a Y cross, which is very very popular all levels of football. Um, uh, made popular eighties BYU offense, but just going off from there, North Turner ran it for years with the Cowboys. They run that over and over and over. That's a very vertical attacking play. If, if you have never watched Ohio State's offense, really, if you close your eyes, and this, a lot of Bears fans listening to this, it's really a lot like my dad's old teams in Minnesota or Denny Green's teams where it's it's touchdown to check down. It's bombs away, check it down. You know, And it's actually funny because a, one of the little really kind of vibes comparison is Fields is almost like a tiny Dante Culpepper and but he's still 230 pounds in the sense that he's extremely accurate he I think he's smarter than Dante was but he tries to be a quarterback even though he's a big athlete and it you know he can ad lib but that's not his game it's like he can do it but he doesn't want to do it um but it's nice that he has that tool in his pocket he's not you know it's not like he's six six three two thirty he's just gonna be stiff and you're like oh well that's that like um and it's just kind of funny too like just his accuracy is incredible. Like all three levels. Um, like that's something that always stood out to me when I was watching him was just like, everything was on the money. And that's what you want to see in a top guy is just, it's not, it's not eight out of 10 times or seven out of 10 times. It's 10 out of 10 times that the ball is catchable. Not just like, Oh, it, it went around. Like sometimes Zach Wilson, when I have those, especially throws inside five to 10 yards, uh, over the offensive line. Cause he, I think he has trouble, really throwing those with his throwing style so he'll throw behind guys and that happens it pops up fields he's falling down throws like a like a, a flat route and it's like just the guy catches it right in stride and he also does the timing throws really well like he he had field outs where a lot of college quarterbacks even pro quarterbacks that throws one two three plant and throw a lot of guys because they don't trust their arm strength or they have to see it on unwind because it's a timing throw they have to hitch or they take a second and then throw it. I've seen fields multiple times, just one, two, three plant throw, which shows timing shows footwork shows accuracy. And it, of course it shows arm strength because that's a hard ass throw. Like I, if I threw that, I had to throw it early because otherwise the receiver's running out of bounds. Um, but he does all those things. Yeah. The negatives with him is yeah. He has to speed up the clock. Uh, you want him to be a little bit more of an athlete, like use that four, four speed that he has and that size. But I, I, I love it that it's like, he doesn't rely on it yet. He just has that tool in his pocket. And it's, it, that's just so cool to me. Um, of course it's just like, he, he seems just like a tough, tough dude. And yeah, I know I'm excited for you guys. If you can't tell, cause I really like, him. <laughs> um, for, for everything you just said, a lot of things that, that you just said, he strikes me as potentially day one ready. And like, yeah. if you want to compare it to other guys, I, I don't know if Zach Wilson is that. I don't think Trey Lance is definitely that. Um, to compare it to the Bears situation, Mitch Trubisky definitely wasn't that. <laughs> um, but the Bears want to try to be patient with this. The, the, Matt Nagy has this Kansas City Chiefs blueprint, and they're going to play this out a bit. For, for, for you, like, do you, do you like that idea? Would you just do you see the more benefits of playing him right away? What do you think of this potential patient plan from the Bears? 
I think throw him into the fire and let him figure it out. Let him speed up his clock. Because even the t- difference between preseason and practice clock to game clock, as, as far as just speed of the game, it's just so much different. And and I think now with I, I understand the whole whole let him sit, you know, maybe the Carson Palmer behind John Kitna, Dante Culpepper in nineteen ninety well, after Vikings drafted him, they sat for a year. Um, I, I think now you just throw them in the fire. I think these quarterbacks are more ready than ever to to handle that. Um, and also it's like Matt Nagy's clock is ticking a little bit too. <laughs> so you kind of, you know, I, I feel like you just give your guy a chance. Um, I understand that. Uh, and they have a decent, solid guy in the room and Andy Dalton. Not only just, you know, he's a good guy and everything. And I think he's going to be a good person to have around Justin Fields. So I, I do like that, but I think you just throw him in a fire and just, what you know speed up that clock baby sink or swim just like you know like a you know like a puppy you throw into to see if they can swim you know just like okay can you do it like and i, I think that's what you kind of have to do with him because i think that's the only way he's going to speed up his clock because he has yeah. to it stinks but you kind of have to make a mistake before a lot of guys have to learn something uh, yeah. uh otherwise otherwise it's all theory you hear teams like be concerned or express worry about ruining a guy's confidence feels doesn't strike me as a guy who no like that confidence will not be ruined. If anything, he'll be more motivated by by failure. I mean, it, it's, does it? Do you see that in the field a bit? Like, yes, that intangible perspective. Absolutely, it's you can these kind of things tell. Like, uh, you see a running back score, and everybody celebrates with them. All the offensive linemen are like, "Yeah!" It's like, okay, that people like that guy. And those little things you start seeing with players, um, a receiver uh, after an interception, he doesn't run down the guy that intercepted the ball like these little i know that kind of sounds meatheadish but it actually matters with justin fields it's he gets hit he's bouncing right back up he scores everyone's going nuts with him uh he he like you said unwavering confidence even in a game like the indiana game or northwestern game like he's the team like i mean the whole team started rallying around him he made a couple mistakes and you could see kind of guys going like what the hell like justin doesn't do that (laughs) i was doing that on the sidelines yeah, and then the I was whole like, second what's half. Happening? Yeah, what's happening? And then the whole second half, he just blitzkriegs everybody. You know, it's just, but that shows maybe it's everyone wants the raw, raw Tim Tebow, bah, you know, like let's go, like screaming and all that. A lot of guys that do that are compensating for something else. <laughs> and, uh, you know, sometimes if it's offensive linemen doing that, it's because they're actually not that tough. Like, trust me, I've seen it over the years. But, like, with a quarterback and how calm Fields is, it's just like, I mean, that's confidence. That's confidence. It's just always being even keeled and always just every play you can tell. He's just like, he's confident what he's running. His eyes are always good. No matter what the situation, he didn't panic. And I mean, he's been under the biggest lights and now he goes to Chicago and this is going to be nothing for him. I mean, he's, he's, the, he's been under the spotlight for a decade already. You yeah. know, he's in his early twenties. Like, like his draft video stuck out to me. Did you, did you guys see that? Like, he's just serious throughout it all and he's just like oh, no. i'm just ready to work enough talking there's been enough talking yep. and like there's a i don't want to use the word michael jordan a lot here because let's be honest but like since like the last dance don't worry that, our, like, our nbc twitter account already did that last yeah, night yeah the, the, oh there the, you I, go there yeah, you go yeah, so you're I good took it personally vibe like <laughs> yeah like you get that vibe from like i took that personally like yeah that video i'm like oh man this is this could this could come this could turn out to be very the, good for the bears that's what so many of these guys are like I'm competitive and like anyone that probably watches sports is competitive. It's a lot of these guys are psychotic <laughs> in how competitive they are. Like even a Russell Wilson. Russell is psychotic competitor. We we in the Big Ten championship game, we uh we 
go to the stadium. If we had a night game, we would go to the stadium, have a walkthrough and, you know, get used to the lights and, you know, just loosen it up because you're in a hotel all day. So big time championship game in Indianapolis, me and Russ, we play numbers, which is a, just a classic throwing game. You're 10 yards away, hit a point in the numbers, two points in the face. And we play it. I would say Russell won two out of three games we would play together. For whatever reason, I had like the greatest game of my life. Like, and I'm just like crushing them, beating them, beating them, beating them. And it's a Big Ten championship game. So it's like, and I don't really want to beat Russ today because it's like, I kind of, so we would play like if, say, the ball went over, we'd have to go run, say it went 15 yards away. You, you had to throw from there because you had bad hands. So that's your punishment. So he threw one and went through my hands. And they're like, all right, bring it up for stretch. I turn, I just rock it and throw it. And actually, it was like the greatest throw I've ever had. Like, hit him right in the chest and I win the game. Russ didn't talk to me the rest of the day. Swear to God, we're going into the Big Ten Championship game. We're doing warm-ups. He just won't talk to me. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just screwed us over. Like, I, I just screwed us over. I just re- And it turned out it's because he was just channeling all that anger, and he had a great game that game. <laughs> so I was like, okay, there we go. Oh, thank God. And then also in the middle of the game, he's talking to me again. But it's like these guys, they channel whatever slight they get, whatever just little, you know, I took that personally. But that's true. It's all these guys. You, you hear a lot of times we'll make fun of guys going like that never happened. It's because they find any little slight and they use yeah. it as motivation. You think Fields going to eleven, you know, is going to be a little bit of motivation. He's QB four, um, you know, after what he's done. It's like yeah, he's going to use that as motivation. So that's really really cool because he'll have an opportunity to take advantage of that. So what you're saying is you sent the Badgers to the Rose Bowl that year? Absolutely. No, uh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> no. All those, all that signaling from the sideline and high fiving. Oh yeah, that was all me, baby. <laughs> let, let me give you two plays though that I saw yesterday that that speak to what you're talking about. Neither one of them, Justin Fields threw the ball. One was against Michigan State. He hands the ball off on a zone read, and the guy's running for an easy touchdown. And Justin decides to run 65 yards downfield, yep. catches up to the to the running back that he handed the ball off to, and delivers a block. That was not necessary, by the way, nope. like five yards for the end zone. And it was borderline block in the back. I do think he got him shoulder to shoulder, but he kind of came from behind and it would have been a terrible penalty if they called it. But it still showed. I mean, how many quarterbacks do you see running 65 yards downfield to catch up to the running back and deliver a block? And then another one came in the Big Ten championship game this year when he was struggling against Northwestern. He's having a bad game. They're not even really using him in the second half because he's hurt and he, with his thumb and they don't even need to use him. And he he rolls out to the left on a scramble and yeah. delivers the boom against J.R. Pace, Northwestern safety. I was standing right there and I was like, oh. The sound of that, because I, I posted that clip, the sound is like a gunshot. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he's laying the boom. Like, that's the only way to describe it. And and, and he ran the safety over. And he didn't even need to do it, by the way. He could have nope. just run out of bounds. Out but of bounds. He, <laughs> he lowered the boom on the safety. And it was, unfortunately, it was JR that went down. Uh, and Fields did not. He just walked out of bounds. And then I think the uh, the guy holding the the, the uh, down marker actually tripped him when it was all yep, said. That, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But and, those but are it, just but, two plays of what you're talking about. You're talking about he's struggling in that game. Some of those guys, they, get, they need a play to kind of just go, like that's probably him just going ah, like channeling all of that rage and just turning going Bruce Banner to the Hulk, yeah. And and you know that's that's what those guys do, and it's just it's it's just so funny because you just don't expect it from the quiet ones, which is the scariest thing. <laughs> that's a good point. Let me give you uh, two other things that I saw just to get your reaction on it. Uh, one, one we get getting back to the conversation about the reads, and I think you were right when you talked to us a couple weeks ago. He, he, sometimes he skips reads. 
Um, and, and I think it's what's common for a lot of these quarterbacks coming out is he hangs on the first read probably a little bit too long. And that's what you're talking about with the clock. And I thought that that was confirmed going back, watching all these games. Um, but that's, you know, that's going to be part of the developmental process with Matt Nagy, right? And then let's get on the release too. Cause, and I think we may have touched on this a couple weeks ago. Like it just does not bother me. It's a no, little it long. It's a little long, but his arms long. Like he's, yep. he's got kind of a windy, just flingling arm a little bit but he's twitchy and it's still fast honestly you made this comparison it reminds me of henry rowengardner rookie of the year like the arm just snaps forward it's fast it's a violent release and and that's that's i i mechanics i for better for worse i never kind of put too much credence into it's like guy's gonna throw how he throws i I mean how many times you've heard oh tim tebow worked with the qb coach he worked with a mechanics coach wait till you see that motion this year and then as soon as you know shit hits the fan all of a sudden you go you go back to what you know i mean that's just Mm -hmm. it's how we we all have our own running style we have our own throwing style it just it is what it is and the fact that the ball gets there on time is like that's why i'm like i'm not concerned if he was late a lot then i'd be like you know he doesn't have the arm strength, the timing, or the 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 the, the mechanics to, to get it there, but he does. So it's like it's kind of like that's one of those concerns I'm not even that worried about. As as much as I you know some well what one limitation I do think comes from that is he's not going to be great at RPO stuff, um, which is fine uh, because I don't think that he should be running RPO stuff. I think he's good enough to be running drop back and deep play action stuff and all that is that is where the long release can come into uh, be a detriment is RPOs because you have to be able to quick release be a short stop you know and just get the ball out throw it however you want to so that's where the long release can kind of be a little detriment detrimental there uh, but as far as just everything else <laughs> I mean you can cover it all I mean you can throw deep you can throw intermediate throw short uh, uh, that's why I like them uh, but also it's like I actually just posted it before it was uh, really it's going to look I think like how the 2017 chiefs looked when Nagy was the coordinator and which got him the job basically was he went to Andy Reed and this is kind of what I've gathered third down, like the meta and, and defense third and longs was, Hey, play sticks coverage. And, and, you know, everybody at the sticks will rally and tackle. If it's third and eight, we'll tackle six yards. They have to punt. They hold up the fist fourth down. Nagy was like, okay, how do we counter that? Cause what teams were doing was run a screen or run a drag route and have everybody block for him, you know, and some and teams still do that a little bit. But he goes, you know what? I'm just gonna go over the top. If they all want to come up and and tackle and rally and tackle, they're looking for it. So what he did, and this is just like a like a game theory, you know, kind of thinking it's like they want to do this, I'm gonna do the opposite. I'm gonna lean into the punch. And guess what? It worked. And he had Alex Smith, who has a freaking stat named after him about throwing short of the sticks. He's bombs away, going bombs away. And I just posted a video of this, and it's like Nagy has this. He has does have the capabilities of calling offenses like this. It's just like I think he's just been handcuffed and hasn't been able to do it. We, I mean, I feel like every time I'm on the show, we talk about Trubisky's first starts this year and the offense that he ran there. We're going to see more of that because that's what Justin Fields is really good at. It's just that I think it's going to be more of a, a supercharged version of that where actual more, more to it than just two man reads that they're trying to do with Trubisky. Yeah, th- this is a great point because – you know, like in 2019, when, when Nagy would dial up these shot plays and the guy would be running wide open, whether it's Taylor Gabriel or Anthony Miller in a deep cross, whatever, like open, and Trubisky would miss it. Like that deep ball accuracy frustrated the hell out of Nagy, especially when he dialed up these plays and it's perfect. The guy's wide open, doesn't hit him. Then he praises this year Justin Fields' his, his deep ball. 
you know, and yes. he uses, you know, instead of touchdown to check down, he goes touchdown to touchdown, just the ability with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Nagy's played quarterback. You play quarterback. Like, the deep ball accuracy, like how much does that, I mean, for a guy who played it, like separate quarterbacks, the ability, like how would you articulate how that separates guys, the ability to be aggressive but complete those aggressive throws for your for your coach? We can all do it, but not in the pocket. If I'm just standing there, like I could throw a pretty pretty deep ball and complete it, you know. It's the fact that he does it with a pot with stuff happening around him in the pocket, moving, has to be his feet aren't perfect. A lot of guys can do it when everything's perfect. It's the difference when you can do it in the muck or do it when you have to look off a of safety or do it when you you, you know, hey, okay, this guy, I know this corner might is really freaking good. So I have to put this ball exactly where I want it. That's kind of the difference is being able to do it consistently. I think every quarterback in the NFL could do it when the situation's perfect and, and, and you know, that's why they're in the NFL at this point, or it's one out four times. Like you said, the guy's wide open and Trubisky probably hit it one out five, one out six times. And it cannot be, you know, like said enough is another thing is Fields has the good enough arm strength where the wind, he can cut through it. And that matters big time. His ball uh, does look different than Mitch's. It does. It, it jumps. And I'm not going to, I wouldn't say he actually in this class, he probably has the third best arm strength, but that's kind of like a disservice because he still has, he has good arm strength because Lawrence and Mac Jones are just, or not, uh, I'm sorry, not Mac Jones, Lawrence and Trey Lance are, are have howitzers. And I think, I think fields is good. But the thing is, he doesn't have to worry about that. When he throws those deep balls, he's going to have, no, he's played at Ohio state. He played in the big 10. He's going to know how to play the wind. He's going to know I have to get this ball out early because it's going to float on me because I have the wind behind me or it's going to cut across. So I have to put this on a line drive that cannot be like that, like overemphasize enough how hard that is to do at least consistently. And that's the thing is all he does is, is put it on film is week after week. He was doing it consistently because like you said, the touchdown to touchdown things like which is psycho sometimes it's like, that's what I I'm curious to see is that, can he get to the check down, which I I've seen him do it on a couple play action concepts, but maybe he's just so aggressive that he's like, no, I'm, I'm bombs away on this no matter what, which is awesome. I mean, it, it's awesome. It's so much better to have a quarterback do that than a guy that's a check down Charlie already in college. Cause then you're just like, man, is he ever going to get there and have the, the balls to kind of like make these throws feel Justin Fields has the balls to do all that stuff. Just literally throwing the balls, but also just the cojones to do it. Now, here's the problem. We're still in Chicago, and uh, the city's not allowed to have good quarterbacks, right? So if you're going <laughs> to check yourself, um, th that's probably going through Bears fans' minds. But uh, I, I do want to ask you this because uh, break down the fits for us in terms of where these quarterbacks ended up. I, we, we heard what you thought about all the quarterbacks when we talked a couple weeks ago, but now that you know where they actually ended up and Fields ending up in Chicago is part of that, I think a lot of people are... Probably optimistic that Matt Nagy finally gets his guy, the guy that can probably do what he's been wanting to do and really couldn't with Mitch. But a lot of people are still skeptical about his offense um, because it really hasn't been that great since he's been here. So yeah. wh where do you break down the fit here with Justin Fields and the Bears compared to some of these other situations like Mac Jones ending up in New England, Trey Lance in San Francisco, whatever it is? Yeah, I think anyone going with Kyle Shanahan is going to be happy. <laughs> um, you know, so I think easily that, that one, well, I'll start, I'll start with Fields. Just, I, I think it's going to be fine. I think we do have to look more at the 2017 Chiefs film to see what I think is going to be look this year is going to look like. Um, uh, and I mentioned the RPO thing because I, I don't, 
I, I don't think you guys have to worry about those Nick Foles, Trubisky slant RPOs as much with Justin Fields. Like you're going to see a sprinkling, but they're not going to lean on it like they had to at Foles. Um, but it's starting with the top, like Trevor Lawrence, like he's kind of scheme proof. Um, I'm very curious with that whole room they have going on. They have Bevel, they have Schottenheimer, and then they have Urban Meyer, who you know is an offensive guy as well. And at first I was like, okay, Bevel's probably going to take the lead. Schottenheimer's going to have his ideas maybe situationally. And, you know, Urban's probably going to let him go. And then they took Travis Etienne in the first round. And then I was like, okay, how much of Urban Meyer's offense is going to be in Jacksonville? <laughs> because the fact they took a jet sweep package play guy who can't protect and like everyone's as people are saying, oh yeah, he has route running ability. He doesn't like, he's not a good Travis Etienne's not a good route runner. It's more that he catches screens and he can take it the distance. So it's like Michael Bennett, like the Vikings, you know, back in the day, it's like, that's kind of what he is. So it's kind of. Okay. So, but he was like, no, we need the jet sweep guy. We need a guy that's going to be in the slot that can do all this stuff. It's like, man, you get those guys in like the fourth round, Urban. Um, but that was very telling. Uh, but I think Trevor Lawrence is just kind of scheme proof. So, whatever they do, I think you're going to see a lot of four verticals there. Um, maybe some half role play action stuff. As far as uh, uh, Zach Wilson, they're running a Shanahan offense too. They have uh, Mike LaFleur there, Matt LaFleur's little brother. Great guy. But it's going to be a Shanahan offense. I think that's going to help Wilson. Wilson isn't as fast as a processor as, uh, as maybe even I thought at first until I started watching more and more of them is they didn't run that many create uh, the, the BYU offense was so much fun in the sense that they were very creative situationally third and one red zone. Um, um, okay. We uh, gadget plays, but the, as far as passing concepts, they didn't run that much. They ran 99, which is two vertical option. Uh, 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 play that you see a lot of Arians runs it all the time. And then they run Y cross and they run mesh, which we all know what mesh is. And yeah. Okay. That's a couple of good concepts. But then at the NFL, that the, the problem is, is that the carryover is basically week to week. You keep about your 30% of your offense and everything else changes week to week. So you have to see is like, can he handle all these newer concepts? Cause sometimes he would run more of a gadget thing or, or a one time play action shot play. And he couldn't get off number one. And he made the 50-50 throws work. You know, they were dunking on people down there at BYU. <laughs> and, you know, it looked great. But then it was like, okay, consistently, consistently he has to do that. And that's going to be interesting to see. I do think that offense is going to be good for him because they're going to make it easy. Like the, the Shannon offense just lifts all the bar or, or lifts the floor for a co- quarterback because it makes it so simple. It's half field reads. Um, if you're on third down, it's one read and then scramble basically because they're, they're trusting themselves. They're going like the X is going to be wide open here. If he's not open, make a play. <laughs> and Wilson can do it and throw off platform. So it's, that's a good fit because the bar is going to be raised. They're going to make it easier on him um, and make the progression a little easier. Trey Lance, I, I think with the 49ers, I think it's just he he's not as much as a project as I think people are th- making him out to be. I think he's very cerebral. Um, he's big. He's athletic. It, it's the his accuracy, I would say, is above average, but I wouldn't say good. Um, he sprays it a little bit, but he has a big arm. And it's funny, I think Shanahan just went for the antithesis of the quarterback he had. He was like, okay, I'm tired of not attacking 20 yards down the f- twenty yards or more down the field. I'm tired of my quarterback not creating when stuff happens in the pocket. Okay, I'm going to get a quarterback that's big, strong, and can throw a deep ball and also run QB run game. I think that's offense is going to be crazy. Like I think it's almost going to be under center sometimes, shotgun, almost like basically single wing glorified single wing with juice check like lead blocking for trey lance like i think that's gonna be a really cool offense to watch already talked about fields and then mac jones with the patriots i think that offense is gonna look more when josh mcdaniels came back um 
to New England in the kind of the mid 2010s. Um, they had the Moss Welker years and their bombs away. And then when he came back, they had the tight ends and then Wes Welker left. And that's when Julie Edelman kind of emerged on the scene. And that was like death by a million crossers and, and, and timing throws and everything was just getting the ball out, getting the ball out and just letting them go and had a good run game. I kind of think that's what that offense is going to look like. That's just going to be so funny because you couldn't get two more opposite quarterbacks than Cam Newton yeah. and Mac Jones. Yeah. And then also the coaches are going to have to like diagram plays every going like, okay, this is the Cam's plays. All right, this is Mac's plays because their skill sets don't have a lot of overlap other than that they both play quarterback. We we had this conversation in our in our last podcast. Um, what do you think Fields' floor is? Like at, at worst – like, who is he in the NFL? We, we threw out some uh, comparables out there. I'm curious to see who you think because, like, with with Trubisky, there was just so much projection. Yeah. Fields has this sure thing to him. Now, I don't know what that sure thing is going to amount, but I think we can all agree that he's going to play at – he's going to be productive in, in the NFL. Now, it's just how great hit can he become. So, I'm curious. Like, who is your floor – for Justin Fields in, in, in the NFL. I think Adam actually, if I remember correctly, brought up Dante Culpepper. Yeah, that's actually what I was about to say. Like Culpepper, but you know, Culpepper was just so funny because he had like two incredible years, like a shit year and then a couple of okay years and then he got hurt and then I was like, okay, bye Dante. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. You know, um, like, and I'm not saying stylistically, but more of kind of career wise or more of just what it would look like is like when Schaub wasn't with the Texans. You know, like kind of that, but it's it's supercharged. Like he's such a better player than Matt Schaub was. Yeah. You know, and could actually make things happen. Um, that's what's so hot, uh, hard because it's like they're, stylistically, there's not a lot of quarterbacks like him. Uh, the, these quarterbacks are bigger, faster, tougher, more dynamic than ever, ever, ever. And it's just what it used to be once every five years. You know, we had Dante, and it was like and McNabb. Jeff Garcia a little bit, you know, and then after that, it's like, okay, a bunch of pocket passers. And now we're going to, you know, RG three and Russell came in, Andrew Luck, Cam Newton, those guys came in. And that was kind of like the, ever since then, now these guys are getting bigger and more athletic. Um, I mean, yeah, I know better, better version of Shab, I guess would be the best, like the best worst case. Uh, but I, like when I compared him to somebody, I keep saying Deshaun, but he also has like a little bit of Dak to him. Like, and I'm yeah. not saying that's his floor, but just kind of like that kind of play. Um, is kind of what you might expect uh, out of this, where it's like good, you know, good arm strength, big athlete, can run all the run game stuff, tough, you know, very competitive and like the good leader. That's kind of how I see his trajectory going. So I know that wasn't your question because now I'm, I'm my brain's racing because I'm just yeah. trying to think, think, think <laughs> yeah. of guys like because not like Cunningham because it's a different kind of player too. He's such a better quarterback than Cunningham yeah. was. Yeah. But they, let me ask you this because he brought up Justin Fields brought up Russell Wilson. He said that he and, and you played with Russell. He said that he model he he used he said he used to model his game more after Cam, and okay. I think we'd all agree he's actually probably more polished as a passer than Cam yeah. Newton. And, and so now he says he looks more at Russell Wilson and actually studies Russell's tape. It, there, it was amazing. I don't know if it was just happened to be one photo we found, but like the the arm was like exactly the same as Russell Wilson in his throw. Um, and I'm just curious, since you play with him, what you think about that, there is a baseball background there too. Yeah. And, and he talked about playing shortstop and kind of having to change his arm angles a little bit. I'm just curious what you think about that comparison. Yeah, that's interesting. Cause Russell was a middle infielder too. He was a second baseman. So, you know, it, it's no, that's interesting. I, I think it's kind of actually really funny because some of the negatives or some of the things Russ can't really do well, it's kind of like same as fields as far. He can't throw RPOs either because one, because of 
height yeah. <laughs> um, to yeah. to be a, yeah it just is he's just not good at anything short like just it is what it is like I, we know what he is at this point um that's funny i see a lot of the deep ball and the the aggressiveness and the capabilities of running yeah absolutely i see all that but i just think he's just so much different actually okay. um uh, yeah i think fields re- sees the field better than russ did, uh, has ever has like russ um is smart but he he likes he doesn't like doing one two three russ is one to scramble we all know that and what russ thrives in is empty stuff pa stuff because it's one to two and then also just half field read which is just um if it's too high go here if it's single high go here and it's just one to two reads where he doesn't have to go cross field and russ doesn't like that he he uh, he would never say that. I'm not. I'm just saying what he <laughs> is capable of. He doesn't. If Russ has to go read the actual field and progress, he's screwed. He's just going to scramble because he just says screw it. I I don't like that. Fields can do it. So that's a little bit of a difference. Is I've seen him do that and actually work the field and stand strong in the pocket. So that's a little bit of difference. Uh, but yeah, it's funny. Just the deep ball. I would say deep ball accuracy. I would, I would definitely would compare with that, and also just the play strength a little bit. Um, that's an, like almost like a bigger version of Russ. I think that might actually be a valid comparison other than just, I think, uh, fields is a little more accurate on shorter throws and, and can do those timing throws better than Russ can. Man, can I just say like, it, it just surprises me over and over and over again that like, this is the conversation yeah. that we're having about the Chicago bears and the quarterback, right? right? We're not used to this. We're like, not used to this. Nate, no, if you no, can't like, tell. I've covered the team since Lovey Smith, and we've <laughs> and we've lived here our whole like, lives too. And yeah, you guys yeah. are like oh, Andy Dalton. Here we go. Like, <laughs> like I'm used to that. Like we're all yeah, used to I that. Know. And, and like, like even like Trubisky. Like, like I could get on board with this. I, I, I like that. You know, the GM had some like you know, some some gumption to go up and get the guy. You know, like, yep. Okay, we'll see what happens. But there's a lot of projection here. He's got some talent. But no, like this, this is different. Feels different. It just everything it about it is different it is it is and i know and that's what even myself i like i'm trying to catch myself because it's like you're betting on these guys they're bets it's it's everyone's they're all projection even if the guy like trevor lawrence like i refuse to give him the 10 out of 10 grade because it's just like there's no perfect prospect there just isn't um you know he has his issues but it's just like i mean and i'll stick with it is that i compared i said feels is closer to lawrence than he is to the other guys because it's just he has so many traits that are just so many paths to success. That's really what it is. It's just that some of these guys are such good athletes and it's like, okay, hopefully they work out the technique, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, they don't. So they're like, you, okay, he's athletic enough to have a path to success. It's like Fields is, does all the quarterback things well. And then he's also a four, four, five athlete on top of it. And he's 230 pounds and he played in big games. And they're like, you know, he just does all these huge things. So it's like, what box isn't he checking? Like, you know, and that, so that's scary. It's almost scary for yeah. me. It's like, oh my God, like what, okay, what, what, then you have to start going, okay, what am I missing? Like, what, what does he not do well? And yeah, you start nitpicking, but you should, you should nitpick, especially top 10 picks and especially quarterbacks. I know he's number 11, but he should have been a top 10 pick. Um, but yeah, with those guys, it does feel different. It, it's just, yeah, it's still bad. There's still a lot, uh, how I kind of, I took it from basketball, some stack guy I really like, works for the Nuggets now, is he had his bust bench starter star. That's basically you can put a, put a percentage on each thing. Like I think this guy could be twenty percent this, twenty five percent starter. He has, but he has ten percent bunch uh, bust potential, you know. But this guy only has five percent, but his star isn't as big. Yada yada yada. 
it's like with fields, it's like that star and starter is just, I feel like those are just such big percentage points. And then I, it's like, you know, I just see at least competency, like at least good yeah. quarterback so, I mean, play. Yeah. And then it's like, okay. And, but he has that chance and athletic ability and all those other things to be more, which is just so cool. I mean, it just, it really is. I'm excited for bears fans. Chicago would take competent. Uh, that would exactly that, competent would be it's, good. Uh, <laughs> Nate, thanks so much, man. You're the best. Uh, follow him on Twitter appreciate at it. Nate underscore Tice. We always appreciate your insight, especially on Justin Fields, since you were so passionate, passionately <laughs> vouching for him. Uh, I know our fans are excited to have you back on today. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. All right, there he is, Nate Tice. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. There you have it. Um, a taller Russell Wilson or a more polished Cam Newton? Where, where do I sign up? <laughs> where, where do I sign up for that? It's unbelievable. Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying to... Again, we've covered this team for years, Adam. Like, we know how bad this could get. We know this is the Bears. But the the reasons for excitement are just still there. They should be obvious to everyone. Like, this is different than the Mitch Trubisky situation. This is different in a way than acquiring Jay Cutler. You know, it's just... I think Chicago might have a tough time processing some of this as we go through uh, the summer training camp. I think there's some of that going on at Hal's Hall. Yeah. Like, I think there's like sort of a sit back and holy crap, that really happened thing going. Um, this is our guy. Yeah. So anyway, we got to run. I'm really glad we got Nate back on the podcast. So and it was a really good lengthy breakdown. We really appreciate his time. Um, I'm crazy and watched way too many games of Justin Fields yesterday, so you can get all my thoughts in there. There's also videos I've talked about with JTO Sullivan. The links are in my 10 Bears things. I highly recommend watching those if you really want like an in-depth video breakdown, all 22 coaches film. It's so good. So there's a lot of good content out there. Please check it out. Please check out uh, everything Johns and Fishbane are working on on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you go to subscribe. Dan Pompey's got some good stuff talking to scouts across the league too on different, uh, their thoughts on various draft picks and things like that. Any final thoughts, Johnsy? It's just still strikes me as unbelievable. That's really it. Like that's my prevailing thought every morning when I wake up. Like I got to talk about Justin Fields again. Like this is, it's something, man. It's something. Uh, Well, it's still settling in. We'll be back Thursday and guess what? We'll have your voicemails. We, we still do have those voicemails from last week. Your reaction to Justin Fields, we will be bringing those to you on Thursday's episode. And honestly, the fallout of this is going to continue for weeks. We'll get you more guests, more breakdowns. Everything we can on Justin Fields is an enormous story in Chicago. And uh, we'll keep it going for you. So we'll fallout. talk to you. Let's call it the blowout. <laughs> Wait a minute. Does that work out? I don't know. Expanding Maybe. on this election, yeah. Maybe. All right, we'll talk to you later in the week. See ya. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God bless.